Section 24 of Essays, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. Essays, Book 3, by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Of Managing the Will. Few things, in comparison of what commonly affect other men, move, or to say better, possess me. For tis but reason they should concern a man, provided they do not possess him. I am very solicitous, both by study and argument, to enlarge this privilege of insensibility, which is in me naturally raised to a pretty degree so that consequently I espouse and am very much moved with very few things. I have a clear sight enough, but I fix it upon very few objects. I have a sense delicate and tender enough, but an apprehension and application hard and negligent. I am very unwilling to engage myself. As much as in me lies, I employ myself wholly on myself, and even in that subject should rather choose to curb and restrain my affection from plunging itself over head and ears into it, it being a subject that I possess at the mercy of others, and over which fortune has more right than I. So that even as to health, which I so much value, "'Tis all the more necessary for me not so passionately to covet and heed it "'than to find diseases so insupportable. "'A man ought to moderate himself betwixt the hatred of pain and the love of pleasure. "'And Plato sets down a middle path of life betwixt the two. "'But against such affections as wholly carry me away from myself and fix me elsewhere,' Against those, I say, I oppose myself with my utmost power. Tis my opinion that a man should lend himself to others, and only give himself to himself. Were my will easy to lend itself out and to be swayed, I should not stick there. I am too tender, both by nature and use. Fugax rerum securaque in otia natus avoiding affairs and born to secure ease. Ovid de Tristiis, 3.2.9 Hot and obstinate disputes, wherein my adversary would at last have the better, the issue that would render my heat and obstinacy disgraceful would peradventure vex me to the last degree. Should I set myself to it at the rate that others do, my soul would never have the force to bear the emotion and alarms of those who grasp at so much. It would immediately be disordered by this inward agitation. If, sometimes, I have been put upon the management of other men's affairs, I have promised to take them in hand, but not into my lungs and liver, to take them upon me, not to incorporate them. To take pains, yes, to be impassioned about it, by no means. I have a care of them, but I will not sit upon them. 
I have enough to do in, to order and govern the domestic throng of those that I have in my own veins and bowels, without introducing a crowd of other men's affairs, and am sufficiently concerned about my own proper and natural business without meddling with the concerns of others, such as know how much they owe to themselves, and how much many offices they are bound to of their own, find that nature has cut them out work enough of their own to keep them from being idle. Thou hast business enough at home. Look to that. Men let themselves out to hire. Their faculties are not for themselves, but for those to whom they have enslaved themselves. Tis their tenants occupy them, not themselves. This common humor pleases not me. We must be thrifty of the liberty of our souls, and never let it out but upon just occasions, which are very few, if we judge aright. Do but observe such as have accustomed themselves to be at every one's call. They do it indifferently upon all, as well little as great occasions in that which nothing concerns them as much as in what imports them most. They thrust themselves in indifferently wherever there is work to do and obligation, and are without life when not in tumultuous bustle. In negotii sunt negotii causa. They are in business for business sake. Seneca Epistoli 22 it is not so much that they will go as it is that they cannot stand still like a rolling stone that cannot stop till it can go no further occupation with a certain sort of men is a mark of understanding and dignity their souls seek repose in agitation as children do by being rocked in a cradle they may pronounce themselves as serviceable to their friends as they are troublesome to themselves. No one distributes his money to others, but everyone distributes his time and his life. There is nothing of which we are so prodigal as of these two things, of which to be thrifty would be both commendable and useful. I am of a quite contrary humor. I look to myself and commonly covet with no great ardor what I do desire, and desire little. And I employ and busy myself at the same rate, rarely and temperately. Whatever they take in hand, they do it with their utmost will and vehemence. There are so many dangerous steps that for the more safety we must a little lightly and superficially glide over the world and not rush through it. Pleasure itself is painful in profundity. In Cadis perignes, suppositos cinere doloso. You tread on fire, hidden under deceitful ashes. Horace, Odes 2.1.7 The Parliament of Bordeaux chose me mayor of their city at a time when I was at a distance from France, and still more remote from any such thought. I entreated to be excused, but I was told by my friends that I had committed an error in so doing, and the greater because the king had, moreover, interposed his command in that affair. 
"'Tis an office that ought to be looked upon so much more honourable as it has no other salary nor advantage than the bare honour of its execution. It continues two years, but may be extended by a second election, which very rarely happens. It was to me, and had never been so, but twice before, some years ago to Monsieur de Lonsac, and lately to Monsieur de Biron, Marshal of France, in whose place I succeeded, and I left mine to Monsieur de Matignon, Marshal of France also, proud of so noble a fraternity. Uterque bonus, pacis bellique minister. Either one a good minister in peace and war. Aeneid 11, 658. Fortune would have a hand in my promotion by this particular circumstance which she put in of her own, not altogether vain. For Alexander disdained the ambassadors of Corinth, who came to offer him a burgess ship of their city. But when they proceeded to lay before him that Bacchus and Hercules were also in the register, he graciously thanked them. At my arrival, I faithfully and conscientiously represented myself to them for such as I find myself to be, a man without memory, without vigilance, without experience, and without vigor, but withal, without hatred, without ambition, without avarice, and without violence, that they might be informed of my qualities and know what they were to expect from my service and whereas the knowledge they had had of my late father and the honor they had for his memory had alone incited them to confer this favor upon me, I plainly told them that I should be very sorry anything should make so great an impression upon me as their affairs and the concerns of their city had made upon him, whilst he held the government to which they had preferred me. I remembered when a boy to have seen him in his old age cruelly tormented with these public affairs, neglecting the soft repose of his own house, to which the declension of his age had reduced him for several years before, the management of his own affairs and his health, and certainly despising his own life, which was in great danger of being lost by being engaged in long and painful journeys on their behalf. Such was he and this humor of his proceeded from a marvelous good nature. Never was there a more charitable and popular soul. Yet this proceeding which I commended in others I do not love to follow myself, and am not without excuse. He had learned that a man must forget himself for his neighbor, and that the particular was of no manner of consideration in comparison with the general. Most of the rules and precepts of the world run this way, to drive us out of ourselves into the street for the benefit of public society. They thought to do a great feat to divert and remove us from ourselves, assuming we were but too much fixed there, and by a too natural inclination, and have said all they could to that purpose, for it is no new thing for the sages to preach things as they serve, not as they are. Truth has its obstructions, inconveniences, and incompatibilities with us, 
we must often deceive that we may not deceive ourselves and shut our eyes and our understanding to redress and amend them. Imperiti enum judicant et qui frequenter in hoc ipsum falendi sunt ne errant. For the ignorant judge, and therefore are oft to be deceived, lest they should err. Quintilian, Institutiones Oratorii, 11.17. When they order us to love three, four, or fifty degrees of things above ourselves, they do like archers, who, to hit the white, take their aim a great deal higher than the butt. To make a crooked stick straight, we bend it the contrary way. I believe that in the temple of Pallas, as we see in all other religions, there were apparent mysteries to be exposed to the people, and others, more secret and high, that were only to be shown to such as were professed. Tis likely that in these the true point of friendship that every one owes to himself is to be found, not a false friendship that makes us embrace glory, knowledge, riches, and the like, with a principal and immoderate affection, as members of our being, nor an indiscreet and effeminate friendship, wherein it happens, as with ivy, that it decays and ruins the walls it embraces, but a sound and regular friendship, equally useful and pleasant. He who knows the duties of this friendship and practices them is truly of the cabinet of the muses, and has attained to the height of human wisdom and of our happiness. Such an one, exactly knowing what he owes to himself, will on his part find that he ought to apply to himself the use of the world and of other men, and to do this to contribute to public society the duties and offices pertaining to him. He who does not in some sort live for others does not live much for himself. Qui sibi amicus est, scito hunc amicum omnibus esse. He who is his own friend is a friend to everybody else. Seneca, Epistolae 6. The principal charge we have is to every one his own conduct, and tis for this only that we here are. As he who should forget to live a virtuous and holy life, and should think he acquitted himself of his duty in instructing and training others up to it, would be a fool. Even so, he who abandons his own particular healthful and pleasant living to serve others therewith takes, in my opinion, a wrong and unnatural course. I would not that men should refuse in the employments they take upon them their attention, pains, eloquence, sweat, and blood if need be. Non ipse procaris amicis aut patria timidus perire, himself not afraid to die for beloved friends or for his country. Horace Odes 4951 but tis only borrowed and accidentally, his mind being always in repose and in health, not without action, but without vexation, without passion. To be simply acting costs him so little that he acts even sleeping, but it must be set upon going with discretion. 
for the body receives the offices imposed upon it just according to what they are. The mind often extends and makes them heavier at its own expense, giving them what measure it pleases. Men perform like things with several sorts of endeavor and different contention of will. The one does well enough without the other, for how many people hazard themselves every day in war without any concern which way it goes, and thrust themselves into the dangers of battles, the loss of which will not break their next night's sleep. And such a man may be at home, out of the danger which he durst not have looked upon, who is more passionately concerned for the issue of this war, and whose soul is more anxious about events than the soldier who therein stakes his blood and life. I could have engaged myself in public employments without quitting my own matters a nail's breadth, and have given myself to others without abandoning myself. This sharpness and violence of desires more hinder than they advance the execution of what we undertake. Fill us with impatience against slow or contrary events, and with heat and suspicion against those with whom we have to do. We never carry on that thing well by which we are prepossessed and led. Male cuncta ministrat impetus. Impulse manages all things ill. Statius Thebaid 10.704 He who therein employs only his judgment and address proceeds more cheerfully. He counterfeits, he gives way, he defers quite at his ease, according to the necessities of occasions. He fails in his attempt without trouble and affliction, ready and entire for a new enterprise. He always marches with the bridle in his hand. In him who is intoxicated with this violent and tyrannical intention, we discover, of necessity, much imprudence and injustice. The impetuosity of his desire carries him away. These are rash motions, and if fortune do not very much assist, of very little fruit. Philosophy directs that in the revenge of injuries received we should strip ourselves of collar, not that the chastisement should be less, but, on the contrary, that the revenge may be the better and more heavily laid on, which it conceives will be by this impetuosity hindered. For anger not only disturbs, but of itself also wearies the arms of those who chastise. This fire benumbs and wastes their force, as in precipitation festinatio tarda est, haste trips up its own heels, fetters and stops itself. Ipsa se velocitas implicat. Seneca, Epistoli 44. For example, according to what I commonly see, avarice has no greater impediment than itself. The more bent and vigorous it is, the less it rakes together, and commonly sooner grows rich when disguised in a visor of liberality. A very excellent gentleman, and a friend of mine, ran a risk of impairing his faculties by a too passionate attention and affection to the affairs of a certain prince, his master. 
which master has thus portrayed himself to me that he foresees the weight of accidents as well as another but that in those for which there is no remedy he presently resolves upon suffering in others having taken all the necessary precautions which by the vivacity of his understanding he can presently do he quietly awaits what may follow and in truth i have accordingly seen him maintain a great indifferency and liberty of actions and serenity of countenance in very great and difficult affairs i find him much greater and of greater capacity in adverse than in prosperous fortune his defeats are to him more glorious than his victories and his mourning than his triumph consider that even in vain and frivolous actions as at chess tennis and the like this eager and ardent engaging with an impetuous desire immediately throws the mind and members into indiscretion and disorder a man astounds and hinders himself he who carries himself more moderately both towards gain and loss has always his wits about him the less peevish and passionate he is at play he plays much more advantageously and surely as to the rest we hinder the mind's grasp and hold in giving it so many things to seize upon some things we should only offer to it tie it to others and with others incorporate it it can feel and discern all things but ought to feed upon nothing but itself and should be instructed in what properly concerns itself and that is properly of its own having and substance the laws of nature teach us what justly we need after the sages have told us that no one is indigent according to nature and that every one is so according to opinion they very subtly distinguish betwixt the desires that proceed from her and those that proceed from the disorder of our own fancy those of which we can see the end are hers those that fly before us and of which we can see no end are our own the poverty of goods is easily cured the poverty of the soul is irreparable nam si quod satis est homini id satis esse potesset hoc sat erat nunc cum hoc non est qui credimus poro divitias olas animum mi explere potesse for if what is for man enough could be enough it were enough but since it is not so how can i believe that any wealth can give my mind content lucilius in nonius marcellinus five section ninety eight socrates seeing a great quantity of riches jewels and furniture carried in pomp through his city how many things said he i do not desire cicero tusculani questiones five thirty two metrodorus lived on twelve ounces a day epicurus upon less metrocles slept in winter abroad amongst sheep in summer in the cloisters of churches 
sufficit ad id natura quod poscit. Nature suffices for what he requires. Seneca Epistoli 90. Cleanthes lived by the labor of his own hands, and boasted that Cleanthes, if he would, could yet maintain another Cleanthes. If that which nature exactly and originally requires of us for the conservation of our being be too little, as in truth what it is, and how good cheap life may be maintained, cannot be better expressed than by this consideration, that it is so little that by its littleness it escapes the grip and shock of fortune. Let us allow ourselves a little more. Let us call every one of our habits and conditions nature. Let us rate and treat ourselves by this measure. Let us stretch our appurtenances and accounts so far. For so far, I fancy, we have some excuse. Custom is a second nature, and no less powerful. What is wanting to my custom, I reckon, is wanting to me and I should be almost as well content that they took away my life as cut me short in the way wherein I have so long lived. I am no longer in condition for any great change, nor to put myself into a new and unwanted course, not even to augmentation. Tis past the time for me to become other than what I am, and as I should complain of any great good hap that should now befall me, that it came not in time to be enjoyed. Quo mihi fortunas si non concaditur uti. What is the good fortune to me if it is not granted to me to use it? Horace Epistles one five twelve. So should I complain of any inward acquisition. It were almost better never than so late to become an honest man and well fit to live when one has no longer to live. I, who am about to make my exit out of the world, would easily resign to any newcomer who should desire it all the prudence I am now acquiring in the world's commerce. After meat, mustard, I have no need of goods of which I can make no use. Of what use is knowledge to him who has lost his head? "'Tis an injury and unkindness in fortune to tender us presents "'that will only inspire us with a just despite "'that we had them not in their due season. "'Guide me no more. I can no longer go. "'Of so many parts as make up a sufficiency, "'patience is the most sufficient. "'Give the capacity of an excellent treble "'to the chorister who has rotten lungs, "'and eloquence to a hermit, exiled into the deserts of Arabia. There needs no art to help a fall. The end finds itself of itself at the conclusion of every affair. My world is at an end. My form expired. I'm totally of the past, and am bound to authorize it and to conform my outgoing to it. I will here declare, by way of example, that the Pope's late ten days' diminution has taken me so aback that I cannot well reconcile myself to it. I belong to the years wherein we kept another kind of account. So ancient and so long a custom challenges my adherence to it.
so that I am constrained to be somewhat heretical on that point, incapable of any, though corrective, innovation. My imagination, in spite of my teeth, always pushes me ten days forward or backward, and is ever murmuring in my ears, this rule concerns those who are to begin to be. If health itself, sweet as it is, returns to me by fits, tis rather to give me cause of regret than possession of it. I have no place left to keep it in. Time leaves me, without which nothing can be possessed. Oh, what little account should I make of these great elective dignities that I see in such esteem in the world, that are never conferred but upon men who are taking leave of it? wherein they do not so much regard how well the man will discharge his trust as how short his administration will be. From the very entry they look at the exit. In short, I am about finishing this man and not rebuilding another. By long use, this form is in me turned into substance and fortune into nature. I say, therefore, that every one of us feeble creatures is excusable in thinking that to be his own, which is comprised under this measure, but withal beyond these limits, tis nothing but confusion. Tis the largest extent we can grant to our own claims. The more we amplify our need and our possession, so much the more do we expose ourselves to the blows of fortune and adversities. The career of our desires ought to be circumscribed and restrained to a short limit of the nearest and most contiguous commodities, and their course ought, moreover, to be performed not in a right line that ends elsewhere, but in a circle, of which the two points, by a short wheel, meet and terminate in ourselves. Actions that are carried on without this reflection a near and essential reflection, I mean, such as those of ambitious and avaricious men, and so many more as run point-blank, and whose career always carries them before themselves, such actions, I say, are erroneous and sickly. Most of our business is farce. Mundus universus exercit histrionium, Petronius Arbiter, 3.8. We must play our part properly, but withal as a part of a borrowed personage. We must not make real essence of a mask an outward appearance, nor of a strange person our own. We cannot distinguish the skin from the shirt. Tis enough to meal the face without mealing the breast. I see some who transform and transubstantiate themselves into as many new shapes and new beings as they undertake new employments, and who strut and fume even to the heart and liver, and carry their state along with them even to the close stool. I cannot make them distinguish the salutations made to themselves from those made to their commission, their train, or their mule. Tantum se fortuna permittunt, etiam ut naturam dediscunt. They so much give themselves up to fortune as even to unlearn nature. They swell and puff up their souls, and their natural way of speaking according to the height of their magisterial place, 
the mayor of Bordeaux and Montaigne have ever been two by very manifest separation. Because one is an advocate or a financier, he must not ignore the knavery there is in such callings. An honest man is not accountable for the vice or absurdity of his employment, and ought not on that account refuse to take the calling upon him. Tis the usage of his country, and there is money to be got by it. A man must live by the world and make his best of it, such as it is. But the judgment of an emperor ought to be above his empire, and see and consider it as a foreign accident. And he ought to know how to enjoy himself apart from it, and to communicate himself as James and Peter, to himself at all events. I cannot engage myself so deep and so entire. When my will gives me to anything, tis not with so violent an obligation that my judgment is infected with it. In the present broils of this kingdom, my own interest has not made me blind to the laudable qualities of our adversaries, nor to those that are reproachable in those men of our party. Others adore all of their own side. For my part, I do not so much as excuse most things in those of mine. A good work has never the worst grace with me for being made against me. The knot of the controversy accepted, I have always kept myself in equanimity and pure indifference. Neque extra necessitates belli praecipuum odium gero. Nor bear particular hatred beyond the necessities of war. For which I am pleased with myself and the more because I see others commonly fail in the contrary direction, such as extend their anger and hatred beyond the dispute in question, as most men do, show that they spring from some other occasion and private cause, like one who, being cured of an ulcer, has yet a fever remaining, by which it appears that the ulcer had another more concealed beginning. The reason is that they are not concerned in the common cause, because it is wounding to the state and general interest, but are only nettled by reason of their particular concern. This is why they are so especially animated, and to a degree so far beyond justice and public reason. Non tam omnia universi quam ea quae ad quem quae pertinent singuli carpebant. Everyone was not so much angry against things in general as against those that particularly concern himself. Livy thirty four thirty six. I would have the advantage on our side, but if it be not, I shall not run mad. I'm heartily for the right party, but I do not want to be taken notice of as an especial enemy to others, and beyond the general quarrel. I marvelously challenge this vicious form of opinion. He is of the League because he admires the graciousness of Monsieur de Guise. He is astonished at the King of Navarre's energy, therefore he is a Huguenot. He finds this to say of the manners of the King. He is therefore seditious in his heart. And I did not grant to the magistrate himself that he did well in condemning a book because it had placed a heretic amongst the best poets of the time. Shall we not dare to say of a thief that he has a handsome leg? 
If a woman be a strumpet, must it needs follow that she has a foul smell? Did they in the wisest ages revoke the proud title of Capitolinus they had before conferred on Marcus Manlius as conservator of religion and the public liberty, and stifle the memory of his liberality, his feats of arms, and military recompenses granted to his valor, because he afterwards aspired to the sovereignty, to the prejudice of the laws of his country? If we take a hatred against an advocate, he will not be allowed the next day to be eloquent. I have elsewhere spoken of the zeal that pushed on worthy men to the like faults. For my part, I can say, such an one does this thing ill and another thing virtuously and well. So in the prognostication or sinister events of affairs, they would have every one in his party blind or a blockhead, and that our persuasion and judgment should subserve not truth, but to the project of our desires. I should rather incline towards the other extreme, so much I fear being suborned by my desire, to which may be added that I am a little tenderly distrustful of things that I wish. I have in my time seen wonders in the indiscreet and prodigious facility of people in suffering their hopes and belief to be led and governed which way best pleased and served their leaders, despite a hundred mistakes, one upon another, despite mere dreams and phantasms. I no more wonder at those who have been blinded and seduced by the fooleries of Apollonius and Mahomet. Their sense and understanding are absolutely taken away by their passion. Their discretion has no more any other choice than that which smiles upon them and encourages their cause. I had principally observed this in the beginning of our intestine distempers, that other which has sprung up since in imitating has surpassed it by which i am satisfied that it is a quality inseparable from popular errors after the first that rolls opinions drive on one another like waves with the wind a man is not a member of the body if it be in his power to forsake it and if he do not roll the common way but doubtless they wrong the just side when they go about to assist it with fraud. I've ever been against that practice. Tis only fit to work upon weak heads. For the sound, there are surer and more honest ways to keep up their courage and to excuse adverse accidents. Heaven never saw a greater animosity than that betwixt Caesar and Pompey, nor ever shall. And yet I observe, methinks, in those brave souls, a great moderation towards one another. It was a jealousy of honor and command, which did not transport them to a furious and indiscreet hatred, and was without malignity and detraction. In their hottest exploits upon one another, I discover some remains of respect and goodwill, and am therefore of opinion that, had it been possible, each of them would rather have done his business without the ruin of the other than with it. Take notice how much otherwise matters went with Marius and Sulla. 
End of section 24. Reading by Malone.